want to tell you tonight, um, I am concerned for souls. Amen. Um, I really want to see some people come to Jesus. I want to see a move of God. Uh, thank you, ushers. I want to see a move of God in our church. Saints, our church is not, not going to grow if you don't share your faith. It's not just going to grow automatically. Uh, it, it's up to you now. I've equipped you with the tools. I said today, I said to the Lord, Lord, I've given them what they need. Now, the responsibility is upon the congregation, you know, uh, to share your testimony, share your faith. How many, how many have had a chance since we've been doing this to share your testimony? Amen. How did that work out? Tell me how that worked out. Okay. Uh-huh. Amen. Right. Amen. So praise God. Come on. That's, see, that's, that's what we've been talking about, right? We've been talking about God, you know, God using us in, in, in the arenas that, that he puts us in. Because today, to, to assemble a team and just go knocking on doors, that's, that's not going to work so good. I, I figured out that people got guns, you know, and they got open carry gun laws and stuff out here in, in the deep south of Texas. You know what I mean? They shooting people and stuff. You know, and, and we know God's going to protect us, but here's the thing. Um, that's exactly what we're looking for, right? Going to places and even at our jobs, right, and sharing our faith. Now, that's how it's done. We're not asking you to go out there and be John the Baptist, but we're asking you to share your faith with somebody, right? Now, now here's the thing. I believe your answer really piqued her curiosity because she's thinking, no, nah, she ain't going to more Bible study. You know what I mean? And, and it's amazing because if, if we let our light shine, God, people will begin to see Amen. That God is really doing something in our lives, right? And, 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 and listen, I enjoyed the testimony piece. Amen. I enjoyed that because here's the reason why I enjoyed that. Because that's your story. And your story is God's story. Are you with me? I'm going to say it one more time. Your story is God's story. Last night I was teaching a class on uh, psychology. And I was sharing that. You know, a psychologist cannot help a Christian. A Christian is who I'm talking about. Why can't a psychiatrist can't help a Christian? Because when you get saved, you're a new creature. Right? And I, that's why I believe and I am a proponent for Christian counseling, biblical counseling. The only way that I was able to come back from a, from a distorted mind, lose my, losing my mind, and I was given my testimony in class and my students were like, man, now that answers my question. You know, the young lady said, she said, I've been asking my husband, why is he so sold out for Jesus? You see, because when you've been to the place where I was, come on, somebody. I mean, anybody been there where you were distant from him? 
Come on, somebody. I think you had, a, you had that, 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 that transformation here on Sunday, right? That when you've been so far from him and you can't make it back. Come on, somebody. And it seems like you can't make it back. And then here you are. You made it back. And God has transformed. Listen, your story is God's story. Amen. And, and it's an important story. You matter to God. We matter to God. And so the only way that we're going to, you know what, I thank God for those of you who bring people, who tell people, who compel people. It's so important. And here's the thing. As a believer, people should be following you. Amen. People should be following you. Yeah, you're going to run into, see, I believe it's, Satan strategically placing you around people like this. Oh, it's too far. Oh, I got something to do. <laughs> you follow what I'm saying? Well, here's the thing. The Bible says when you go to a place and they don't receive you, what you should do is dust your feet off and guess what? Move on. Now, tonight on page, session eight, page 10, we're going to talk about how to pray evangelically. Evangel is that evangelically? Evangelistically, I'm sorry, evangelistically, right. And, and we're going to use the acronym acronym tonight, uh, HEART. How to pray, it's not in the handout I just gave, it's in the book, if you have your book. <laughs> heard. <laughs> Amen. How to pray evan evangel evangelistically. Evangelistically. Amen. How to pray evangelist evan say it again. Evangelistically. Yeah. All right. Good. Yeah. Well, tongue twister. Right. And so the first thing we're going to start with, we're going to use the acronym HEART. Now here's why, here's why I'm saying this. It is, it is the, now, you know, you know who orchestrated that conversation today with your friend, with your, with your co-worker? The Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit that orchestrates conversations. And sometimes we miss the move of the Holy Spirit because we're into us. Come on, somebody. And so tonight we're going to look, let's look at Romans chapter 10. Let's see what does Romans chapter 10 imply. Romans chapter 10, my goodness. Now, you know, I want to see a move of God. You want to see a move of God. I want to see an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I really do. I want to see that, but saints, it takes you. Are you with me? Now, now look what he says here. He says what? Brethren, my heart's desire, watch this now, and my prayer to God for what? For them is for their what? Can I ask you something? Do you have that kind of desire For anybody that's lost? See, when we look at people who are doing things 
just totally off the wall. We can't sit back and say, oh my gosh, they are crazy. They have lost their mind. They are this, they are that. Our desire should be for their what? Salvation. Amen. Listen, before I got saved, uh, my, my wife's aunt had my name in her Bible. And she says, she used to pray for me. She said, Lord, I pray for Valencia's husband. Save him. So here's what we need to have. We need to have a list of unsaved people that we are praying for every day. We have, listen, it may be somebody you ran into last week. You know what? I'm praying for the lady at Family Dollar right now. Lord, pray. I don't know her name. Lord, but I'm praying for the lady at Family Dollar. Listen, if prayer works for everything else, don't you think that prayer can't work to save somebody? Maybe it's your husband. Maybe it's your wife. Maybe it's your cousin. Maybe it's somebody in your life that you truly desire to see. They, you want them to have what you have. Listen, prayer is a powerful weapon. Prayer breaks down barriers. Now, why should I pray for lost people? I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why in a minute. Look what he says. He says, for I testify about them that they have a what? For who? But what? But not in accordance with knowledge. See, these are the types of people we're going to run into. Oh, yeah, I go to church. Yeah, I know God. And you know everything about their lifestyle doesn't say God. I think we got to stop accepting that. You know, we, you know, we have to call it like it is. Listen, I, okay, I hear what you're saying, but what was the last time you've been in church? When last time you served, what, what, have you, what are you doing for God? You have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. Because if you knew God, you would live for God. If you knew God, you would do right. If you knew God, you would sacrifice. If you knew God, you would pray. If you knew God, amen. And if you had the knowledge of God, you would live differently. Are you with me? And I believe, saints, that all of us have been on the back end of that. Some of us have been there. Well, we, were, we had a zeal for God, but with no knowledge. But guess what? One day it came on. <laughs> the Holy Spirit came inside of you. God grabbed the hold of you and transformed you. And here you are sitting tonight. And there are lost people out here in this world that needs to know, guess what? That he's still alive today. 2,000 years later, he is still alive today. And he's still saving souls. But he says, my heart's, listen, the question I have tonight, do you care about anybody else but yourself? Because they already believe that they have Jesus. 
they already believe that they have, they have arrived at a certain place, at a certain plateau spiritually, right? And, and guess what? But they have no fruit. And see, they're not wise enough. When I say wise, they're not humble enough, and they won't listen to say, hey, listen. You know what, what's the most embarrassing thing to admit? That you don't know. You follow what I'm saying? Because you've been sitting in the choir. Listen, I would rather you confess that you don't believe because you've been sitting. You know, I really would because here's the thing. Don't let your pride stop you from receiving the truth. You see, and, and see, the older generation, they, they believe that they know God. But I know a lot of people who, who, are, who, are on, who have a zeal for God. But they're not living for God. Amen. Right. 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 Exactly. Because, because the, the, thank you, the generation before, remember, it's not about, it was all about, you know, can the preacher hoop? Can he, can he close it? You follow what I'm saying? And, and then if he closed it, then we had church. And then people would leave and go back and live the same way. And as a result of that, people were not being, tra- here's, the, here's the travesty. That you lived your life saying you knew Jesus, but you never knew him. And then he says to you, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. Listen, the Bible talks about that. The Bible talks about the fact that many will say in that day, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not cast out demons? Did we not do miracles in your name? And then he'll say, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. Now, I want to be right the first time. (laughs) I may not have gotten it right the first time, (laughs) but I just want to be right. I want to make sure that, listen, that I am saved, right? But here's the thing. Here's one thing I want to tell you. Saved people are concerned about lost people. Let me say it one more time. But here's the thing. In the body of Christ today, we're just concerned and I'm not talking about our church. We're very much concerned about what's going on inside and keeping the people. So every week we're going to bring a new entertainer. Amen. We're going to bring a charismatic figure who's going to say it with, you know, so prolific that he's going to be, you're going to be like, man, yeah, he preached. And a lot of entertainment they have, we have today in the body of Christ replaced, watch this, divine enlightenment for entertainment. People don't want instructions anymore. They want entertainment now. And this is why what I'm saying is this church I told you about, 2,400 members in this church. Pastor confessed. He said, listen, he said, we did a count. We counted how many people got saved in this 11 years. And he says only 49 people were converted in 11 years. That's 2%. 2%. 
And so, yeah, when people come here, we talk about Jesus. Because may I say this to you? As I said to you Sunday, only Jesus can change you. And when you know Jesus, you will care about why did Paul have such concern for them? Look what the text says. It says, for not knowing about God's righteousness and seeking, there it is, to establish what? That's what's going on today. And then today we have so many messages out here. It's so hard to discern, especially if you're lost, which one is right. You found saying that, listen, churches become like buffet. You have so many choices. Well, let me see. I want to eat uh, steak today, so I'll go there. I want to eat this. I want to eat Chinese today. I'll eat there. I want to do this. You know, and Paul says, Paul says, listen, they're seeking to establish their own righteousness. They do not subject themselves to what? The righteousness of God. You know that word righteousness? It means to be set apart. It means right living. See, we can all have a standard for living that we have set up and it's not biblical. We, it may be masked, come on somebody, with a few Bible verses. Come on somebody. But when God tells us, go. When he says to us, go. Ye therefore and make disciples, it's a command. And, and here's the thing. I don't want you to get discouraged when people don't receive what you're trying to offer them. But here's the thing. If you never make the attempt ever to talk about it, you know, we can sit here and talk about we want a big church. We're not a big church, and we want a church. We want our church to grow. We can talk, 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 talk. But if we're not doing anything about it, it's the same thing with anything you're doing in life. But see, as a believer, what I believe that we, what I believe as a believer, we should be concerned like Paul was. He says, my brethren, my heart's desire and my prayer to God is that they, watch this, for them is for what? Their salvation. So listen, those lost people that you got in your life, pray for their salvation. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. Amen. PK kid, right. But when she comes in the room, you can feel that she's not right. Mm -hmm. I know, you know, she's a liar. I know that, you know, her motive most of the time is to use her for the wrong. What do you do with that person? Do you give up on them? Or no, never. You never give up on them because that's, that's, that's the candidate. That, that's what God is using God, though God takes the difficult cases. So what you have to do is what he just said. My heart's prayer is for what? Their salvation. Lord, change a heart. Change a heart. See, and when God, and then you keep praying for her. 
and you keep showing her kindness, no matter what she does, you keep, see, this is how we win. See, yeah, we may have to take the hit, but in order to win, you got you to gotta, you gotta take some hits for the team. Amen. And that's the person you never give up on. Amen. Until God says, all right, I got this. You see what I'm saying? Um, when we say using the heart acronym, uh, praying for the lost, number one, we want to pray that they would have. And, here, and so here's how you would pray for her. You pray for a receptive heart. Number one, a receptive heart. Amen. You see, what does the devil seek to do is that he seeks to, let, let's go here. Let's go to Luke <clears throat> chapter 8. Let me show you something. You know, every time you come to church, it's a struggle. Because, and I'll tell you why. Because the enemy does not want you, the enemy does not want you to retain the word. So this is why you got to ask yourself, what kind of hearer am I? See? So this is the reason why you got to pray for, for a receptive heart. Look what it says. Uh, Luke chapter 8, verse 5. Now look what it says. Somebody read that. The parable of the sower. Okay. First of all, the sower <clears throat> is God. The seed is the word of God. All right? That's the first thing we want to understand. He says, and what? And he sowed some, and as he sowed, go ahead. All right, so, so what, I'm, what I'm showing you here, what we're looking at here is, okay, a person comes, they sit, they hear the word, and so the first one is like a what? Like the seed that was sown by, beside the road and it was trampled upon. Okay, in other words, right now, how you're listening is very important. You got to ask yourself a question, are you a by the road kind of listener? A casual listener. The seed is being planted in you right now, the word of God. And if you're, listen, if you're listening correctly, it will transform you. But if not, Satan is out to trample it. Look what it says. It says, and it was trampled underfoot. And then what happened? Don't let the birds take the word from you tonight. Amen. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, 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 other seed fell on rocky ground, right? Rocky soil, and as soon as it grew up, I'm, I'm sorry, verse 6. Other seed fell on what? What kind of ground? Rocky soil. Now, I, I like Matthew's account better, but this is my first time reading, not the first time, but teaching Luke's. His thing. Rocky soil is that kind of life. <laughs> okay? Have your life ever been on the rocks? And you trying to come to church? 
Somebody help me now. Right? Your life is on the rocks and you're trying to come to church. Okay? And you got this zeal for God, right? But not according to knowledge. But it's how you receive the word. This is what determines, watch this, how you grow. Right? He says, watch this. He says, it fell on rocky ground and soon as it what? It grew up. It, it what? It withered away. All right? You know what? Let me do this. Uh, go ahead, read. Go ahead and read. Go ahead and read. Finish reading. Finish reading. And then, and then I want to go to Matthew. I want to I want to catch it from Matthew right quick. All right, that's good. Stop right there. Now, now do me a favor. Go to Matthew. You see, this is the synoptic gospel, right? So it, when it says synoptic, it means that they all say the same thing, just from different eye accounts. I love the way Matthew, Luke is more of a physician. No, I'm sorry, Luke is a physician. He writes very meticulously, but I love the way Matthew writes this. It will, it, it will, it will give you a whole different picture. Watch this. Matthew chapter uh, 13. And look, and look what it says here on, uh, look what it says in verse 18. Is it 18? Yes. Yes. This, this is the one I like. This is the one I like. Watch this. Hear then the parable of the sower. Yeah, that's what I like right here. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not what? The what? The evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in their heart. This is why I want to read it from right here. Listen, if you don't have proper understanding, come ask. Pastor, I don't understand that. Or ask somebody, ask, ask somebody, I don't understand. See, the enemy wants to keep us in ignorance especially about the word of God. And if you don't know how to study, if you don't know how to understand the scriptures, then he's done his job. He doesn't want you to know it because the moment that you don't understand it, before you go any further, he comes and snaps. It says the evil one. Who do you think he's talking about? Satan. The reason why we have to pray for the hearts of unbelievers is because Satan, when you bring them to church, guess what's going to happen? They don't understand it because they're not saved. Come on, somebody. The understanding that they do get, amen, may be vague, but guess what? If they don't get true understanding before they walk out the door, Satan takes it from them. Ain't that something? Watch the text. Watch the text. Text says, Look what it says. It says he snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is the one whom seed was sowed where? Beside the road. Verse 20. The one whom seed was sown on the rocky places, this is the man who hears the word and immediately receives it with what? See, you may think that person is saved because, whoo, I... I heard a word, pastor preach, woo, hallelujah. You know, they start, they, they're the ones that make all the noise. 
They received it with joy. But watch the text. The text says, yet he had no firm what? Root in himself, but it's only what? Temporary. And when, come on somebody, affliction or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he does what? You want me to answer the question? People are afflicted for what they hear at the vision. That's why, that's the puzzle we've been trying to solve. How is it that we help so many people? And yet from the moment that they get their breakthrough, but, but see, we may be looking at it as them getting their breakthrough, but what we don't understand, it was affliction that came upon their lives. And because they had no firm root in themselves, the word wasn't taking root. They were living, watch this, they were living on God's ground, but they were living on rocky ground at the same time. You can't live on rocky ground and holy ground at the same time, boo. It ain't going to work. You see what I'm saying? And here's how you know when you're on rocky ground, right? You hear the word, you get all excited, and then by the time you get down, three lights is gone. That joy that you felt. Come on, somebody. Anybody here lost their joy lately? It is probably because the word is not taking root. See, we can blame Satan, but we got to ask ourselves, where you been hanging out? When you start hanging out in doubt, when you start hanging out in worry, when you start hanging out in places where you're not supposed to be, guess what? Satan is going to take it. But guess what? The word cannot take root in places where there's no moisture. Luke. <laughs> See? Now watch this. Watch this now. Watch this now. One thing I want to point out in verse 21 is that what we don't realize is that affliction and persecution will arise because of the word. Listen, you're in a spiritual warfare. You're in spiritual warfare every time. Until you break past infancy as a believer, you and I are at war. Whether or not we're going to keep it or we're going to reject it. Amen. He says when persecuted... Why would I be persecuted for what I heard? Because say no, you haven't, has this ever happened to you? You left church and as soon as you left church, you get into some kind of spit spat. Amen. You get into some kind of something. Amen. Am I right about it? You know, you know, and look, and everything you heard that Sunday just went out the window. And you driving home. <laughs> See, and that's, that's how, listen, if the word wasn't powerful, Satan would not attack us as he does. Amen. Amen. He knows if, if, I, if I can, listen, if I change my message, we will grow. But I'm not changing my message. I'm going to keep preaching the Bible. Amen. I wish I had somebody. Listen, I don't want to be popular Amen. I want to be biblical. And if you remain biblical, and listen, I'm persecuted for what I preach. I don't think you're hearing me. 
I am slaughtered. I teach seven times a week <laughs> and persecuted for it. But because of uh, my maturity level, I'm able to handle the hits. God would not have entrusted me with the word had I not known how to handle the hits. Come on, somebody. So know this. You will be persecuted for what you hear, but just think about the unbeliever. Just think about it for the person who don't know. This is why we got to be praying for them, right? Watch what the text says. Verse 22. And look, and look what happened. Immediately he what? He falls away. Verse 22. And the one... And the one on whom seed was sown among the what? See, I want to tell you something. You can't mix. You, you, you want to live with the thorns and you want to live with God, you've got to make a choice, baby. The one who's, who's sown among the thorns, but here's the beauty of this, right? The word was sown there too. Each person was given an opportunity, no matter what their circumstance was in life. If they were living by the wayside, if they were living on rocky ground, or if they were living among the thorns, here's the thing. They were getting around the word. My question is, how did they get there? Whoops, somebody had to bring them. Because when you're living by the roadside, you ain't want no, you don't, you have nothing, you don't want nothing to do with church. When you're living on rocky ground, guess what? Your problems and persecutions are more important than God. So somebody had to pick them up and bring them around the word so that they can hear. I'm using my sanctified imagination now. So that they can hear the word of God and at least give them an opportunity to get what you have. And may I say this to you tonight? You have something. Oh, I wish I had somebody. You have so great a salvation. Listen, you've been justified. You, you've been born again. You've been, come on somebody. You, you are blood bought by Jesus. And guess what? You're going to heaven, y'all. Thank God for that. Amen. At least I know. I'll see you there. But I don't want my testimony to be that I never told anybody else about so great a salvation. I never got him around the word. Amen. Amen. Watch this. Watch what he says. He said, those who are sown among the thorns, this is the man, watch this, watch this, John. This is the man who hears the word. And what happened? And what? And what? Come on, say it for me. Say it, say it loud. And the worry of the what? And the what? deceitfulness of wealth choke the word and it becomes what? That's deep to me. The worry and the deceitfulness of riches can choke out the very word that you're receiving tonight. You walk out and you drive, oh man, how are we going to pay them bills? Seriously, you just left church. <laughs> You just had a bunch of joy. You just had a bunch of happiness. But now the worry and the deceitfulness of the world chokes it out. See, here's the thing. Here's what's so amazing, right? You got to guard how you hear. You know, my, my very first sermon, no, my second sermon, I talked about what is your mindset? 
I said, either you have a closed mind, a cluttered mind, a cloudy mind, or a committed mind. Ain't that something? Here's the thing. If your mind is full of clutter, that's, and, I, and, and, and here's the thing. This is the premise right here. The worry of the world can cause you and I, watch this, to miss opportunities. How did they get? Our, listen, when we bring people to church, they're going to be just like these people right here. Worried, broken, beat down. You know what Jesus did? Oh, man, Jesus did this. Jesus said, uh, let, me, let me read it to you. Let me see here. When Jesus called, when Jesus called Matthew to the ministry, it's in Matthew. Uh, let me see here. All right, let's get Matthew. We're gonna come right back to, to uh, Matthew. Was it eight? We're in eight now, right? Thirteen. All right, yeah, same thing. No, that ain't the same thing. That's a huge gap. <laughs> All right. Um, look, look at Matthew, eight, Matthew uh, chapter 4. Uh-huh. Jesus had been tempted by Satan. He had been baptized. And now in chapter 4, right? All right, look what Jesus said in verse 17. Jesus said, from that time Jesus began to preach and say, repent for the what? For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Verse 18, watch this. Now, as he was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called what? Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting nets, casting a net into the sea. Right? For they were what? They were what? Fishermen. And he said to, to them, now, I don't know about you. But what was so compelling about this is that all he used was a few words. What did he say? And I'll make you what? See, when God saves us, he uses your experience, your occupation. He doesn't want you to change what you're doing. He wants to transform your heart. And as he transformed that, that same girl, God, want, God loves her. That's the, that's the deep thing about it. And he wants to transform her right where she is. The question is, is she willing to follow? Now, here's the thing. The text says, he said to them, hey, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. Look at verse 20, though. Immediately, they said, now, nah, hold on. Let me check. Let me check and see. Uh, what I'm doing tonight. Now, how come Jesus didn't get no, no excuses? Well, you say, well, that's Jesus. Well, guess what? He's in you. He says, immediately he left their nets. They le immediately they left their nets and did what? Followed him. Verse 21, read that. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, hold on, hold on. So there's another whole other kind of people, right? And what do they do? The text says what? Immediately they did what? And they're what? See, you can't follow Jesus and want, 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 uh, I don't want to say it now. You got to give up one because serving two is hard to do. See, they knew there was a greater, there was a greater, there was a greater task at hand. All right, keep reading. Right. See, I believe that if we follow Jesus as a church, we'll begin to see this kind of stuff. God's going to heal some people. He went around now with his disciples and he begins to heal. And he begins to preach. But notice he preached before he healed. Come on, somebody. The gospel heals. Go ahead, what you have? No. No, they just, he just said, follow me. See, Jesus had that kind of charisma. You remember, uh, see, this is what it means to be, be in prayer. But see, when people, when you live a holy life, people will be drawn to you. And if you ask them, just like you used to, see, we got to stop making these excuses, right? You know, if I ask you to go to the club with me, you're going to go. Right? If I ask you to go, let's go out to eat. Right? Shoot, everybody packing up. Let's go eat. But from the moment I use that C word, let's go to, ah, uh, I, I got some, I, I'm a C. <laughs> You know what I mean? I, I, I'm going to see. And then when they show up, they show up for like a few minutes and they, they're gone. See, church has a bad rap today. We have, a, we have a difficult job, but yet, here's the thing. There's nothing that the spirit can't do. And see, I think we have to stop relying on our own charisma and, and rely on the power of the Holy Spirit. Just bring them, y'all. That's all you got to do. God going to do the rest. Go to Matthew chapter, uh, chapter 9 for me. This is the part I want to show you right here for you sanctified folk. He says, and Jesus went on from there. I'm sorry, and, and Jesus went, out, went on from there. He saw a man called what? Now, isn't that amazing how Jesus just, he getting your business, you know. He, he'll see you. And notice, every time he calls someone, they were at work. So you better show up to work. You never know. See, what I'm saying is, every time Jesus called a man, he was in the workplace. I don't think you're hearing me. And so your workplace is a vineyard. And your workplace is the place where you can compel people to come to Jesus. 
Are you with me? Now, a lot of us may not have high contact with people, but still, you, if, you, if you ride an elevator, come on, somebody. If you go out to lunch, there are people all around you. And that's what we got to do, compel them. Look what Jesus said. And Jesus went on from there, and he saw a man called Matthew sitting in the tax collector's booth. And he said to him, what did he say to him? Man, I wish we could just do that today, boy. Follow me. And he got up and what? Now, let me say this to you. A tax collector was considered the lowest, dirtiest, conniving person at this particular time on the face of the planet. But yet Jesus chose him. See, that's what I'm saying about that young person you were talking about earlier. They don't fit the criteria. He doesn't fit the criteria. And I'll show you why. Watch the text. Then it happened that as Jesus was reclining at the table, in he had a party. In the, ho in the house, behold, many, so this is what I want to show you. Many tax collectors and what? Sinners came and were dining with Jesus and his disciples. The question I have for you is, when was the last time you sat with a sinner? Unbelievable. Watch the text. And when the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, why is your teacher eating with the tax collector and what? You see, I believe that when we first get saved, that's a critical moment. The woman at the well did the same thing. Matthew did the same. Matthew ran out. Matthew ran out and got everybody he knew. Matthew said, hey, <laughs> come on, man. Let me tell you this man who told me to follow him. Come on, y'all. He had influence. He still had influence. Before you lose your influence with the world, grab them. Because there may be some people that you can bring along with you because once you get in and you start talking Christian, they don't want nothing to do with you. Oh, I wish I had some help tonight. For the moment you say you sold out for God, that's it. Your witness is over. But if you can catch him on the week of the day you got saved, come on, y'all. Let me show Come on, come on. Let me, come on, come on. Let me show you something. Let me show you what I've been getting. Let me talk to you. And, and look, the Pharisee says, man, why is your teacher eating and drinking, watch it, eating with the tax collector and sinners? See, the Pharisees were so, they thought they were so holy that to sit with a tax, this is what I love about Jesus. He sits with people, amen, that have been rejected in life. Those of us who were at the bottom, he found you. Come on, somebody. We, we had lost purpose in life. We had lost direction, but yet Jesus wanted to sit with us. There are a lot of people who look at other people who are doing wrong, but you forgot where God found you. That you were just like them. You were in the same predicament as them. And guess what? You got a testimony now to say, yeah, I used to be that. And I used to be this. And I used to be that. Come on, somebody. 
But I sat with Jesus. And when I sat with Jesus, guess what? He changed my life. Well, I thank God for Jesus. Thank God for Jesus. That he didn't discriminate. Listen, listen, Paul was a persecutor of Christians and he sat with Jesus. Ain't that something? That God would take people like us. Listen, sometimes we get saved and we get dumb. Seriously. We get saved and we're like, oh, well, I don't know. It's about me. No, dumb. (laughs) I'm not calling you dumb. I'm just saying some people get saved, they get dumb. Dumb in the sense of saying, man, you forgot what God did for you? Seriously, those are the people that walk away. When I say it's dumb to walk away from God. Come on, somebody. It really, really is. Why would you walk away from the one who met you where you were? And listen, and you were, listen, you cried out and he heard you. He saved you. He transformed you. He made you new again. He made you whole again. You have a purpose now. And yet, at the end of the day, what happens is when the worry and the pressures of life and the circumstances come up in our lives, we fall away. Let me, let me give you the whole, all the acronyms, right? So Because I, I ain't going to get done with that. This is why I've been here so long. I don't mind. So pray for their receptive hearts. E, pray that God may open their eyes and ears. The lost person, go to 2 Corinthians for me. Is that right? 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Oh, God, I didn't talk about the good, good soul. But you kind of get it, right? Yeah, Pastor, you beat that horse. Chapter 4. Man, I want to pray every, every Tuesday. I'm telling you the truth. I, I tell you, that prayer did something to me tonight. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3. What does it say there? Verse 3. Verse 3. Verse 3. Read verse 3. You know what veiled means? Covered. Right? It is what? Here's the thing. Those people that are not coming to church... And the gospel is, they're like, I I don't get it. They're perishing. He says, if our gospel is veiled, it's only veiled to those. This is why we got to pray that God open their eyes and their ears because it's veiled, it's covered from them. This is this deep. Pray pray for them. Look what he says. He says, "It's it's veiled to those who are perishing in whose case, watch this, man, Satan is deep. 
He really is. Satan don't want you to go get an eye exam. Because he's the one that gave you cataracts. I don't think you're hearing me. He's the one that gave you bad vision. Because the text says that it's veiled to those who are perishing for the little G God. You see that little, see the little G? Look at that word. The who? The God of what? The God of who? Oh, I thought God, listen, there are two gods. Now, now let me say this. God allows Satan to rule earth. He gave it to him. He said, you can have this. You know why you can have this? Because you messed it up. But I still rule. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Don't be mistaken. I am sovereign. And the word sovereign means reign. So everything that Satan does, watch this. It's under God's control. That's why he had to ask permission from God to touch Job. Are y'all with me? Now watch this now. Watch this. This is going to mess you up. The God of this world blinds the what? The minds of what? Do you remember being blind? Somebody prayed for you. Somebody, listen, I thank God for Sister Randall who prayed for me or was praying for me. May I say this to you tonight? Satan is the culprit, not God. But the God of this world, he's deep. If he can keep you watching Empire, he's going to keep you doing that. If he can keep you on rap music, if he can keep you on all that other stuff of the world, the God of this world is very, very devious. But here's what he does. He blinds us. See, I remember the days my, I remember the day my eyes opened. Do you remember the day your eyes opened and you realized that you were a sinner? And you realize, man, I got to do better, man. I, you know what? I know I should be doing better. But guess what? The God of this world was blinding you with success, money, come on, material things. Come on, somebody. When he, took, when he tempted Jesus, he said, listen, if you bow down and worship me, and that's what we're doing. Listen, we should feel pity on those who are blinded and don't know. Just pay attention tomorrow at work. Just pay attention. Just watch. Just pay attention to how blind they are. Listen to their conversations. Listen to what they say. Watch them. Adrian Broner just got arrested again, this boxer. He just got arrested again last night. Now he's going to spend 10, years in, 10, 10 days in jail. But here's the thing. He's depraved. He's blinded. He, he called himself about billions because the God of this world has blinded his mind. You know what I've been doing? I've been praying for him. I pray that God would open his eyes. 
See, a lot of these guys say God. I want to thank God because if it wasn't for God, I wouldn't be here. Really? Seriously, which God are you talking about? See, the God of this world requires sacrifice. Come on, somebody. The God of this world, he, is a, he blinds people. Ain't that something? Watch this. He says he blinds them. See, this is why. I'm sorry. I, I, every time I read this passage, I get happy. This is why I choose to preach the gospel. Because it's only the, by the gospel will people be released from captivity and watch this, and their blindness will go he, be healed. Watch this, watch this, watch this. He says, he says, for he says, so that they may not see. See, the gospel is light. And whenever you don't want to hear about Jesus, you don't want no light. Because that's what the gospel is. Watch what he says. He says, so, the, so that they may not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is in the image of God. Verse 5. For we do not preach ourselves. Oh, I wish I had somebody. But who? But who? Christ Jesus our Lord. And ourselves as your bondservant for the what? For the sake, for, for Jesus' sake. Verse 6. For God who said light shall shine out of darkness is the one who has shunned in our what? Hearts. And give the light of what? The knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. You know what's happened? Jesus brings light where there's darkness. Reason I have to pray for those who are, who, that God will open their eyes because Satan has blinded them. He has blinded their eyes and he has deafened their ears so that they can't understand. So you're talking about Jesus. They're like, I don't know what you're talking about. You ever been there? All right. Hey, pray that they have God's attitude. God's attitude. Amen. Um, God's attitude. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not what? War according to the flesh. For the weapons of what? For, for the weapon of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the pulling down of what? See, we have spiritual weapons. And we got to use them to destroy, amen, Satan's work. You have the power to do that. To destroy Satan's work. You don't have to show sugar look a look and all that kind of you ain't got to do all that. <laughs> you ain't got to say, get behind me, Satan. You ain't got to do none of that. You have power because you have light. Amen. But pray that they have what? God's attitude because it is a spiritual war that they're in. All right? 
are. You ready? Pray for the person to be rescued. So in other words, you're praying for the heart of the unbeliever, but pray that God would what? Rescue them. Praying specifically for a lost individual is warfare. Satan will go to the extent to keep a person, watch this, away from the kingdom. He will go to that extent. Go to Colossians 1. Go eat popcorn. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Colossians chapter 1. That's how you remember the books. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 13. What does it say there? Mm. He did what? He rescued us. See why you got to pray that they will be rescued? Why should I pray that they be rescued? Because he rescued us from where? The domain. Not www. But from the domain of what? Darkness. And what did he do? And transferred us. Where? Oh, I don't think you're hearing me today. I don't think you're hearing me. In whom we have what? Redemption and the what? The forgiveness of sins. Do you know what happened to you? God transferred you from a life of destruction. Come on, somebody. To a life that will bring him glory. Oh, I wish I had somebody today. Lastly, T, pray for a transformed life. Pray for what? A transformed life. Those who talk with God most usually hear God's, God be, God's best. And S, pray for God to send laborers into where? Into his harvest. You know, I'm praying now as we close out this series that some of you, all of us, I need to go back to Starbucks a couple days a week. <laughs> Jacob's well. And start talking about Jesus again. Getting some people in this church on Sunday morning. If I got to pick them up, that's why God gave me a call. Go pick them up. The question is, are you concerned for lost people? Because you saw their condition. If they are helpless, see, they think they're not helpless because of the things that they have acquired. But they are helpless. And that's where you use these two uh, ways to lead someone to Christ. Number one, you can use the four spiritual laws. God loves you. Man is sinful and sin. This is how I got saved right here. The first one. Pastor pulled me in office and said, listen, let me tell you something, man. God loves you. Number two, man is sinful, but he's separated from God. Number three, Jesus is the only provision for man's sin. And number four, we have to individually what? Receive him. 
And only then, and only then can you be saved. Now, the Roman road is another one. It lists all, now I like the Roman road, but I, you know what I like the most. What do I like the what, what do I like? I want to give you all some money tonight. Hey Amen. I brought a bunch of hundred dollar bills. I want to give you a hundred dollar. I want to give you a million dollar bill for doing such a great job in this workshop. We're giving away billions, and this is my this is my favorite way of witnessing. Here's a million dollar bill for you. Here's a million dollar bill for you. Here's a million dollar bill for you. Amen. Million dollar bill for you. It's my favorite way of witnessing right here. Here's a million dollar boy. See, people come now. Pastor giving away million dollars at the church. They're going to show up. Amen. 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 Million dollars for you. My gosh. A million dollars for you. Woo, I bet you've never seen a million dollar bill before. Amen. Boy, I guess the people in the middle, they ain't getting that. They don't get no million dollars. They've been acting funny. All right. Million dollar bill for you. You just came. You got a million dollar bill. Million dollar bill for you. Amen. Million dollar bill for you. My gosh. Now, I need y'all to write 10% of that and go to the church. All right. Okay, good. Anybody else? What am I missing? Look at, look at that. Look at that. Look at that. Million dollar bill for you. Million dollar bill for you. All right? Now, this is my way of witnessing right here. I got a million dollar bill and I want to give it to you. All right? The million dollar bill, the million dollar question. Will you go to heaven when you die? And here's a quick test. Have you ever lied before? All right? Have you ever what? Stolen anything? Have you ever used God's name in vain? Jesus said, whoever looks at a woman and lusts after her has already committed adultery with, with her in his heart. Have you ever looked with lust? Will you be guilty on judgment day? If you have done those things, God sees you are what? A liar, a thief, a blasphemer, an adulterate heart. The Bible warns that if you, will, if, you, if you are guilty, you will end up in hell. There's not, that's not God's will. He sent his son to suffer and die on the cross for you. You broke God's law, but Jesus paid your fine. That means he can legally dismiss your case. Amen. He can what? Commune your what? Death sentence. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have what? Everlasting life. Then Jesus rose from the dead and defeated death. Please repent, turn from your sins today, trust Jesus alone, and God will grant you the gift of eternal life. Then read your Bible daily and obey it. So, I'm going to leave some more money here for y'all. Amen. I got some more money. It's at the cross. And then, I have the good person test. How many of you still got this? Amen. I got a home. I got the packet here. You can get some, and you can, you can uh, 
you know, hand them out to people. And I'm giving you all the tools you need. <laughs> Amen. So Sunday morning. Amen. We're going to expect about 100 people, 100 new people in here. Amen. <laughs> Sunday morning, we're going to expect each person to bring one person. All right? Each one, reach one. Amen. Reach one. All right? Okay, as we close, what we got? Oh. Somebody had a question? Amen. To everybody. Amen. So let's try this week. Amen. It's Tuesday. Let's try this week to give away all this money to somebody. Amen. Give it to the waitress. Give it to wherever you go. Just give it to somebody and tell them, you know, hey, read it. God loves you. Amen. Now, I'm asking everyone to commit yourself. Amen. Those of you who've been under this series, so let's start. Listen, we, we, I've taught you now. You have all the tools you need. Amen. So let's start bringing people to Christ. Come on, give God a hand clap of praise.